All right. I, I enjoyed, hope you were here this morning to hear pastor's message on the assurance of salvation. And when he started saying the verse reference, I saw how dare he use the verses that I was going to preach on tonight. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Some of the same things that he talked about this morning, I'm going to talk about a little bit tonight. And you know, I don't think that was an accident. I think I, I, he didn't tell me what he was preaching on, and I, I came up with this message. I didn't know what he was preaching on. And we, uh, I think God wanted people to hear some of what he said this morning again tonight. Maybe somebody wasn't here this morning. Maybe someone needs to hear it again here tonight. Maybe somebody listening on the live stream needs to hear it. And so you'll hear some of the same references, not the whole thing, but you will hear some. And I think God had that in mind. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, here's a story about David and his men that followed him. And they um, were out doing stuff. And while they were gone, somebody came into where they were living. And uh, look in verse 3, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. Verse 3, it says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire. And their wives and their sons were taken, and their daughters were taken captives. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Verse 6, And David was greatly distressed. And for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Let's not bow for a word of prayer. Father, um, we need your help tonight as we just share some scriptures, many of them so well known to us. Father, we, we don't do a good job of bringing them to mind, to, to meditate on them, to think on them, that we might... Be encouraged. Father, uh, encouragement comes through your word. And Father, help us tonight as we look at these things that they will be a help to us uh, and that we would leave here encouraged and strengthened. And Father, we ask you to help us now. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How many like what's going on in our country and the world in general? How many like what's going on right now? How many are frustrated by what's going on right now? A lot of th- things going on. There are a lot of concern about the economy and inflation. And, you know, it's, it, prices of everything is going up. What happens if the economy collapses? I mean, there, you know, the United States goes bankrupt. That could happen. What happens if gas goes up to $6 a gallon, $7 a gallon? How many are frustrated by that? How many are going to buy a bicycle? Um, you know, it's not, it's a sad thing for us, something that's happening just two weeks from the day, vacation Bible school, and it wouldn't be ashamed if parents aren't able to bring children up here because the gas, we need to be praying that God provides for families and people so young people can uh, be able to come in a couple weeks. You know, with the economy the way it is, what happened if I lost my job? What happens if there's a terrorist attack, I, I, I'm not trying not to be political tonight, but I don't, I'm very 
angry about our borders and how people are pouring into the country and they don't know who some of them are. And there's certainly terrorists that are slipping in our country to do harm in, in our country. Uh, the border being open, there's drugs coming in more freely and people are dying. And that's something to be, uh, to be worrisome and troublesome and get you upset. What happens if I retire and Social Security collapses? Could happen. You know, it, it could, it, things like that. And, and you hear about things like that. What if, um, what happens if I uh, get sick? Certainly there's all kinds of stuff. How many, uh, we're COVID, you know, and you, you, you're going to hear about COVID probably the rest of your lives. You know, there's not a new thing and the people are getting it. And uh, now there's monkeypox. How many have heard of that? Uh, have you heard about monkeypox? Uh, it's uh, something else that you could get. And, and it's uh, uncertainty. I guess you could say it's, uh, uncertainty is very um, troubling. David was troubled. He had uncertainty in his life, didn't he? His wife, his family were taken. He didn't know if he'd ever see him again or what happened to him. And not only that, he, the people are talking about taking him out and killing him. How many would say that's kind of distressing? I, I, especially to get stoned. I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good way to die. You know, you know don't just... Do something else, but don't stop. That would be that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting you depressed. <laughs> and the uncertainty can be very unsettling. But just like David, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. Um, turn if you uh, got your Bible. We're going to turn to a lot of verses tonight, and I apologize. And uh, I uh, just if you can keep up, I'll try to slow down as much as I can. But turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter thirteen. Uh, what we're going to share with you tonight is truths from God's Word that probably almost all of these you know. But we need to take these things and use them to encourage our hearts to do what we need to do for the Lord. And the great news about these things from the Bible is uh, they're, they're perfect for what we're facing in our country right now. They were a help to David, but they can be a big help to us tonight. And we're going to try to make it just give you some practical ideas how to apply these truths. Um, look in chapter 13, look in verse 8. A very familiar passage. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that song. Sometimes we sing it at Vacation Bible School. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Wasn't that a great thought, a great song? Because Jesus is unchanging. And when times change, the good news is we have an unchanging Savior. An unchanging God. We have, well, if you look in chapter 6, we're just a few pages away. Look at chapter 6. I love this word here. In chapter 6, in verse 19, well, let's start in verse 18. It says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie... We might have a strong consolation whom have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. We've got an anchor to hold us fast as we try to get swept away with worry and uncertainty that we see in our world today. We have an anchor. And I don't know, we certainly didn't do an exhaustive list of bad things that seem like they're going on. I don't know if they will happen, but I knew the things that we're going to talk about tonight 
are from God's word, they're true, and they're not affected by any of those things. None of those horrible things that we worry might be happening. Um, none of those are, if they all happen, they won't affect the truth of what God says in his word. And we're going to look at some of those tonight, and I hope they would be a help to you. So, if you have your Bible, John chapter 10. Here's the first truth, very important truth. I encourage you to, this is a verse that, that Pastor used today, but it is, he, he, it's not exclusively his, one of his favorite verses. It's one of my favorite verses, John chapter 10. So here's the first truth that we need to, to grab a hold of. doesn't matter if any of these things happen. You lose your job, lose your money, lose your health. Uh, Russia takes over the United States. I don't know. You, you name what could happen. Uh, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're still saved. You're still saved. In John chapter 10, verse 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. That means no way, no how, by no means. They shall never perish. And neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. How many are familiar with that verse? So, that's true. I know in my life, when, uh, in many years, a like, long time ago, I, I, I was a patch in my life. I don't know, I just felt sad all of a sudden. I, I, I was in college, I, you know. I was just like, this is, I just feel terrible. Then all of a sudden I said, you know what? I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. Because I've trusted him as my Savior, God promised I have everlasting life. I said, what do I, what do I have to be moping around and be sad about? No, no reason at all. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're still saved. And there's nothing that the devil can do about it. Because whose hand are we in according to this verse? Well, we're in God's hand. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Pastor was talking this morning about uh, uh, somebody say, well, yes, you can't lose it, but you can say you don't want to go to heaven anymore. You know what? Be said, if that were true, then you would have to be more powerful than God to pluck yourself out. You can't because there's no money, and God has us in his hands. So if you trust that Christ as your Savior, how many have trusted Christ as your Savior? I, I can't look at all the hands. I think probably majority here for sure. Well, you still have eternal life. If the economy collapses, you still have eternal life. If you, if you get COVID, you still have eternal life. Encourage yourself with that. Isn't that great news? And you don't have to be scared about what may happen to you or that you might die. I know the fellow said, I'm not scared of dying. I'm just scared of the pain I might have to go through first before I die. But I'm not actually scared about it. And you don't have to be because if you trust Christ as your Savior, you're still safe. And John, look in chapter 3. This is very familiar to you. John chapter 3. a series of verses in John chapter 3 that say something very simple. And yet we need to remind ourselves about it constantly. And, of course, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. That would include you, right? That he gave his only begotten Son, who is Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. How long is everlasting? It's forever. Uh, that's the only kind of life God gives. We, how many know that? That's the only kind of life he gives. And yet, many times we get, like, oh, we get flustered and worried and, uh, because of what's going on. Hey, if you trust in Christ as your Savior, you have everlasting life because that's what God promised. And it's, it's forever. If you have it today, what would you have tomorrow? 
Everlasting life. If you have it today, what would you have a month from now? Everlasting life. If you have everlasting life and gas goes up to $20 a gallon, what would you have? Everlasting life. Encourage yourself in in the Lord. Look at verse 18. John 3, 18, which says, He that believes on him is not condemned. Have you believed in Christ? Have you put your trust in him? If you have, you're not condemned. Maybe you won't have a job, but you're not condemned. That should encourage us. That should encourage us. Pastor mentioned it this morning. I'm not going to turn there. First Peter chapter 1 says that we have something reserved in heaven for us. And that's eternal life. And we're kept by the power of God. You know, a lot of people put trust in government or stuff. And the government, they're very powerful. There's no more greater power than God. And so if you trusted Christ as your Savior... No matter what may happen, you're still saved. You're still going to heaven. Encourage yourself with that truth. Stop being long in the face. We, you know, I heard about a guy, when, he, when his right foot went down, he said, uh, amen, and his left foot down, glory. So he'd go, glory, amen, glory, amen, glory, amen, because he, he had eternal life. And it's something that should be exciting to us. It's salvation, not probation. And that's, eternal life's the only kind of gift. So here's a practical thing. I want you to try to do this. Next time over these coming days, and whoever knows how long how the coming days is, maybe it'll get better. But next time you go to the gas station and you pay $4.50, $4.60, a gallon, and that gets you very frustrated, when you get in your car, just stop yourself and say, well, I didn't like paying, you know, $100 to fill up my tank, but, you know, it doesn't matter because I have eternal life. What I would do is I'd, take that, I'd write a verse on a card, and I'd stick it on my dashboard. And when you, you get all angry and frustrated about stuff like that, encourage yourself with that truth. Hey, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And it don't matter how much gas costs. It doesn't matter how bad times get. I have eternal life because that's what God promised. And encourage yourself in the Lord. Yeah, I don't have as much money because I just put it in my tank. But I have, I have the Lord. And he'll never leave me or forsake me. Amen? Amen? And he promised me eternal life. So, encourage yourself with the truth. If I've trusted Christ as my Savior, I'll still be saved. Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Here's another thing. It really dovetails with talking about salvation. But it's something we need to really realize, and it'll be a help to us. First John 4, another very familiar passage. And, and here, here it is, point number two. No matter how uncertain things get and how frustrating they get and how bad they might seem, God will still love you. God will still love you. Isn't that a great thing? Look at First John chapter 4, verse... Um, let's just look in verse 10. Here in his love... Not that we love God, but what? He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means satisfactory payment. And God was satisfied with the price that Jesus paid for us. How do we know that? Because he rose from the dead. And the payment of sin was in full. But God's love for us is not based on any condition. 
Do y'all understand that? His love for us is unconditional. There's not, no uh, condition we must meet for God to love us. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved what? He loved us. And it's, so it's an unconditional love. So here's, here's what I want you to think about. If his love is unconditional, then any of these bad things can happen cannot change that love for us. If I got sick, if I lost my job, if I can't find toilet paper at the grocery store, whatever it is that you feel frustrated about and feel unappreciated and unloved, God's going to love us because his love isn't based on any of those things. He has an unconditional love for us. Uh, look, look quickly on Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to see something about God's love. Just a phrase, a word that uh, is just very, it's a neat word. Just this just, just one word. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, look in verse 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his, what's the word? Great love. His great love wherewith he loved us. God's love for, for you is great. It's not just, well, it's okay. I kind of like, I like him. It's a great love. You know what? There's nobody more important to God than you. There's no more, any more important to God than you. He loves us all with a great love. And that's not going to change based off what may be happening in the world. Turn to Romans chapter 8. I, I know you know this verse also. Uh, it mentions love specifically, Romans chapter 8. And this is exciting. Don't miss this. This can be encouraging for you. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In verse 38, for I am persuaded, Paul, Paul says he's persuaded, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the what? The love of God. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Man, some of the things we mentioned tonight, you could throw right in that list that Paul lists out, can't we? Satan's working hard to destroy this earth. He's mentioned in his verse, a lot of what we see going on is fueled by Satan, I believe. Lost people who hate God. But you know what? No matter how bad they hate and what they may accomplish to destroy our nation or our world, they can't stop God from loving us. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. If you ever get in a circumstance, you say, I, just, I doubt God loves me, just please look to the cross. We didn't deserve what he did there. It, it's a proof that God loves you, and his love for you is great. So here's what you should do. Next time you go to the grocery store, and it costs you $300 for a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread, or you can't find something. Hey, can I tell you how good God is? God is good to the old Pastor Rick here. Um, and my wife makes something called cheesy potatoes. You know what cheesy potatoes are? And so you need hash brown things, shredded hash browns. So you go to the store. A few, uh, she did something for senior adult lunch a few weeks ago. 
and I need cheese potatoes, and there's nothing in there. There's hardly no potatoes, any kind in there. And I, I kind of walk around the corner, and I'm looking, and I said, oh, I'm going to have to drive all over the world to find cheesy potatoes. I don't even have cheesy potatoes here. And as I'm looking in there, all of a sudden, a guy from Publix came up with a cart with a bunch of boxes on it. You know what he had in the box? Cheesy potatoes. Uh, Jehovah Jireh. I mean, I, I got cheese, but I got the, the hash browns. So, uh, just yesterday, I had to go to the grocery store and make some cheesy potatoes for lunch today. And guess what wasn't in there? Uh, no cheesy potatoes. It was all empty. They don't have stuff like you, you think a grocery store said. So I said, well, look at that. Look at the section. It says shredded hash browns. Nothing there. And then, I don't know if the Spirit of God impressed on my heart. I I reached up on the top shelf. I couldn't see everything up there, and I, there's one bag up there, and I pulled it out. You know what it was? Just what I needed. God's good, isn't he? But if they wouldn't have had the cheesy potatoes, you know what I should have done? Instead of getting mad, instead of getting frustrated, I should have encouraged myself. Well, you know, I, I might not be able to get these hash browns. I need to make cheesy potatoes. It doesn't matter. God still loves me. He still loves me. And there's a lot worse things that can happen in our lives than not having shredded hash browns. And whatever it might be, we can encourage ourselves. God, God's love for me is a great love, and it won't change. Encourage yourself with that. And I, I, I'd walk out. I'd encourage you. Again, I would put a verse in my, put this verse here out of Romans on a card and leave it in my car. Instead of getting frustrated and angry, I would look at that verse and think, you know, thank, thank the Lord. He loves me. And that will encourage your hearts. We need to move on so we can get done tonight. But here's the third thing that would be true. Uh, If all these things happen, or some of them happen, the Bible will still be true. And it will still be God's Word. It will still be true. A lot of people don't want to say that Bible's true. A lot of people say it doesn't work. But you know what? It, it, It always works. And it is always true. Uh, we're not turning there, but you ought to write down Psalms 12, 6 and 7, which talks about that God has preserved His Word. So the whole world could uh, blow up. Uh, somebody, you know, that, that big thing, they just, people, they, the situation in Russia and Ukraine, and then they'll, 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 the media will say, well, you know, Russia says that they might unleash nuclear weapons. That's kind of scary to think, think about, isn't it? But what if they unleash nuclear weapons? You know what? It would still be true, God's word. It doesn't change because something bad happened. It doesn't change if there's a new strain of COVID that comes over the United States. His word is still true. It's preserved. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall what? Not pass away. Matthew 24, 35. And so encourage yourself with that. I want you to look at verse. This is one of my favorite verses. It's so, such a simple verse. Look in Psalms 33. Quickly, Psalms 33. Psalm 33, I love this verse. So his word, no matter what may happen, his word will still work. It'll still be powerful. It'll still help. It'll still give you guidance. What if the United States government collapsed? Well, well, uh, all our guidance go out the window. No, because we still have the word of God. And by the way, that's why you should memorize some of the God's word as much as you can. Why? Well, what if somebody come in and beat you all up and took all your Bibles? You could still hide the God's word in your what? Your heart. And so 
Um, I'm not trying to scare you. I, know, I don't think anybody's probably coming in tonight to beat you up and take your Bibles away. But, you know, in some countries, it can, it can be that way. We ought to be very thankful, uh, right, for our country that uh, we have the freedom to have a Bible. Psalm 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. So the truth of God's word doesn't change, though times may change. Do y'all understand that? There's a big thing going on in our world now with all the uh, alphabet, LBGQ, uh, RS, TUV, WXYZ, uh, and, and how people just... Uh, it's just a big controversy, but you know the Bible has a lot to say about it, and it ha- it's, it's still true about that. The Bible says a man is a man, and a woman's a woman, and uh, that'll still be true if laws are passed in the country to change that. But we can count on the Bible; that ought to encourage us. It's still true. First Timothy three sixteen. All scriptures given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That verse tells us several several things. All the word of God is true, not just part of it, not just the New Testament, but all of it. It's all true. It's all inspired of God, and the the great thing is, it will still equip us. To know what's true and what's not true. And, and it, it'll equip us that we may be perfect, not sinless, but we may be mature Christians that can face changing times. And that ought to encourage you. If, all, if everything breaks loose and gas goes here and health goes there and everything that we can count on the Word of God, it'll still be true. Isn't that good? We have a source of authority. You know, a lot of people's source of authority is, what does the TV say? What does the party in power say? What does Ann Lander say? I don't know. Ann Landers don't say anything anymore. Uh, but what, what, what do they say? They, they have, but that, that's a changing, it changes with the wind, doesn't it? And I love politicians. No offense to politicians. Uh, you know, it, 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 but they, they constantly change, just whatever, whatever people want to hear. <laughs> I'll change what they want to hear. And, uh, but the good news is we have an unchanging source of authority that will still be true, something we can look for, to for guidance. So, again, let me tell you what we ought to do. Let's say Russia attacks another country, another uh, Eastern European country, because they don't like, they, they're just going to attack them. What if the Chinese try to take over Taiwan? That that'd be, could be a very dangerous situation in the world. But you know, if that if that happens, God's word's still true. We have something that we can hold on to and cling to to help us through whatever we might face. Encourage yourself with that. Encourage yourself with the truth of God's word. Now, Turn to First Thessalonians four. So, all those things can be a help to us. We're going to do three more, and we'll be done tonight. That things that we can look to, things that we know, but we ought to keep reminding ourselves of. That will encourage us. God's word is still true. God still loves me, 
If I have eternal life, I still have eternal life. And that is a wonderful thing. Here's another wonderful thing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. No matter what may happen, God will still keep his promises. Did you know that? You know, there's a lot of promises that God made to us. He's still going to keep his promises. Why? Well, God is a God of truth. Uh, there's never a time when God isn't true or truth. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth because he's a God of truth. And so he'll keep his promises. We, we mentioned one earlier before we get to Thessalonians here. Uh, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. Do I need to say that again? He's never going to leave us or forsake us. I've lost my job. Well, God's not going to forsake you if you lost your job because of the economy or whatever reason. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He promised that. And if he promised that, he's going to keep his promises. You know, if you ever felt like God's forsaken you, I, I just stop and just spend time with God. And think about that. He'll never leave me or forsake me. And, and just think about that and think about it and talk to God about it and thank God for it. It can be some tough times. You could face some difficult situations. And they might happen in, in, in our country, even in the near future. But he'll never forsake us. Sometimes we think, well, the world is getting, it's getting to be a terrible place. I just say, see, the world's just going to be gone. Well, here's something to encourage yourself with. This is something God promised. 1 Thessalonians 4, look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. He's talking about encouraging Oh, this world's a mess, but you know what? The Lord's coming back. He, he said he would. He promised he's coming back. He promised it. So he promised it. He's going to do it. Sometimes you go, Lord, even come now, Lord Jesus. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're sick and hurting. We, I don't want, uh, I'm, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I wish the undertaker would come and, and take me out of all this. Well, he will. And if you die before he gets here, he's gonna, your body's going to be resurrected out of the grave. Woo! It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And you know what else will be exciting? Is that our bodies will be changed. If we're still alive when the Lord comes back, our bodies will be changed in an instant, which is good because the Lord called us up right now and our bodies weren't changed and we'd run into the ceiling. But we're going to go right through the ceiling. That's going to be exciting. I'm excited about that. That's really neat. I'm sorry if you say, I'm scared to fly. You're going to fly one day if you know Christ. It'll be all right. But we see the world and we go, this world's a mess. What's going to happen? Well, God promised he's coming back. You know, when you get into the area of prophecy and the Lord's return, there's so-called theologians that butt heads over that, the timing of it, when's it going to happen. And, you know, we got the rapture and the the mid-trib and the pre-rap rapture and, you know, it's fine to study that and, and get a hold of that. But here's what you need to get a hold of. The Lord's coming back. <laughs> no matter if you got it exactly right, how it's going to happen, he is coming back. And that should encourage us. Um, uh, for the sake of time, just one more here. Uh, 
He'll care for us. First uh, Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your cares on the Lord because he what? Cares for you. Matthew chapter 6. He talks about the birds, of the, uh, birds and the flowers. If he cared for them, he'll certainly care for, for, for us. Encourage yourself with that. God says he'll care for me, and I can cast my cares on him. So if I lose my job, I know God still cares for me, and he'll take care of me. The verse in Matthew chapter 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. How do you do that? How do you seek the Lord first? I lost my health. I got COVID. I got monkeypox. I got, uh, I don't know, what, whatever else you got, toe fungus. I don't know. You just, I got all these things, and I'm falling apart. And you know what? God will care for you. God will care for you. I, I, I just had them put stitches in my back to take off something that wasn't cancerous, but they thought they ought to take it off. I thought it would be a simple little incision and they had stitches under the skin, on the skin. I, I didn't like it. They stuck me in the back about 20 times to numb it up with needles. Do you still feel it? Oh, we, yeah, I can feel that. Well, here, give me some more. And they stuck me some more with needles in my back. I said, I, you know, I didn't want to believe this is true about you, but they said you're a bunch of backstabbers down here. And I just, uh, <laughs> and the doctor sort of laughed and then stuck me again. <laughs> but... Um, you know, God cared for me then. And it had been easy to go, oh, God, why are you letting me have to get my back cut and stitches put in my back? Well, he cares for me. And you ought to write First Peter 5, 7 down somewhere. Next time you feel like God doesn't care about me, you look at that verse. He tells you to cast your cares on because he does care for you, and he can't lie. He's going to keep his promise. Every time you feel like uh, God's forgotten about me, he said, I'll never leave you, forsake you, right? Uh, Hebrews 13, 5 down on a card. And when you start feeling that way, you look at that and think about it. God can't lie. Hey, God can't lie. I know that's true, but we need to move on. Here's the fifth thing that's still true, no matter what may happen, is that he's still in control. You know, his plans for this world are going to be completed. Sometimes you say, man, this world is a big mess. Well, you know, if you ever do read the Bible in Revelation, there's going to be a time this world is a super big mess. But he's coming back. He will complete his plan. And uh, the world is out of control, but God is never out of uh, control. Does that, does that make sense to you all? And so he's still in control, and I can trust him. No matter what may happen, whether I got COVID whether I got monkey pox. How about if you had a heart attack? Did, did, was God in control when Pastor had his heart attack? Yes, he was. We didn't like it. I know he didn't like it. I know Denise didn't like it. But you know what? God was still in control. And sometimes when we get, you know, think things are out of control and there's nothing we can do about it, we can trust God. That's what we can do because he, he, his plan, he's going to carry out his plan. I'm glad that his plan was to let Pastor keep going. Amen? Okay, I just was. That was God's plan. What if that wasn't God's plan? You know what? 
God's still in control, and we can trust him, even though we might not understand. Encourage yourself with that. Yeah, I, I, I know I, I'm frustrated. I can't understand. I can't understand what's going on in the world, but I have a God who's in control, and I can trust him. Encourage yourself with that. Here's the last thing, and this is a, a practical thing I encourage you to do. No matter what may happen in our economy, the health of our world, uh, the terrorists attacking, anything that might trouble you or worry you, if all that happens, our mission as Christians will still be the same. Our mission as Christians will still be the same. What is our mission as Christians? Well, number one is to get out the gospel, to reach the lost. Paul was in a difficult situation in, uh, in Greece, and he, this is what he said. I, you know, this is kind of a difficult situation, but I determined not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So if the United States government collapsed and the communists took over our country, you know what your number one mission would still be? Get out the gospel. A lot of times when we, this distress comes, uh, we just want to give up or quit. And, you know, yeah, you might have to go into hiding, but you're going to hiding so you can still what? Get out the gospel. Our mission will not change. As Christians, what's our second mission? Well, is to, to teach the word. That's what Timothy tells us in a couple places. And for the sake of time, we're not going to turn there. It, Timothy talks about the things you've heard of me, commit thou to faithful men. Preach the word. In, be instant in season and out of season. So what's our mission? If gas is $500 a gallon, it's to get out the gospel and it's to, to, to teach the Word of God, to train Christians, to train, disciple them. And, and that's what we ought to do. Then the third thing we ought to do is we need to, to care for others and each, and each other. We need to, to care for people. As we have, therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them of the household of faith. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 tells us that. And that'll still be our job. You know what? That's encouraging to still have a purpose. You know, a lot of people, the troubles come and they feel like life is over. There's no purpose. No, the purpose is still the same. If you know Christ, get out the gospel. Teach the word. And part of teaching words is just encouraging people. Like I, I'm hoping that I'm doing tonight. I encourage you. Hey, you're still saved if you trusted Christ. God still loves you. And encourage people. And then do what you can to be a blessing and a help to others. Especially the other believers. And that's never going to change. And you have a purpose in life. Again, a lot of times when terrible things happen, people will say, what am I going to do now? Well, uh, yes, there, there may be some steps you need to take, things you got to do, and go to the doctor or do this or whatever. But in the midst of all that, you're still driven by, I, I, I need to get out the gospel. I need to preach the word. I, I need to, to help others, encourage others. And that gives you great purpose. And by the way, that's very encouraging. Instead of walking around frustrated, I say, I, I need to get busy. I have something to do. What if you're in the hospital and you can't hardly do nothing? You're just like, you know, you're just struggling. Well, you know, is there something for you to do? You can try to, to reach the loss of the gospel, can't you? You can try to, someone who's a, as a Christian, that maybe you have a Christian nurse or doctor, you can try to encourage them. And that gives you purpose. And that is very encouraging. You know, God has something he wants you to do right up till you take your last breath. Did you know that? He has something for you. 
and encourage yourself with that truth. So, let's think about it again. Think about all these things could happen, but we have an unchangeable Savior named Jesus. And he's given us his word. And in his word, we can encourage ourselves with this truth. If I've trusted Christ as my Savior, I'm still saved. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? I'm looking around. I think I recognize most everyone here, and they probably have a testimony. Yes, I've trusted Christ. If you haven't, you need to. If the world does get worse, you're going to need Christ. If you die, you definitely need Christ. And once you die, it's too late. So please realize I can't save myself, but Christ can save me. He's the Savior, not me. I can't do anything good enough to get to heaven, but Jesus did what needed to be done. He paid for my sin, and he rose from the dead, and he'll give eternal life to those that put their faith or trust in him as their Savior. And if you do that, it's settled, because God gave you everlasting life. So no matter what happens, you still got it. You know what else you still have? You still have God's love for you. There's no conditions on it. It's a great love. And because it's a great love, we can always count it. Nothing's going to separate us from that, no matter what may happen. Encourage yourself with that truth. Encourage yourself that we have a word that's still going to be true, no matter what men may say about it, what men may try to do to attack the word of God. It's still going to be true. He preserves his word for us. And we can count on what it says. He's still going to keep all his promises. He cannot go back on anything he promised. How many of you have ever had somebody promise you something and went back on it? Well, I'll be at your house to do that work on Monday. And are they there? No, they didn't keep their promises. But, you know, God doesn't do that. And by the way, you don't have to look very hard to find promises in God's Word. It's not like you have to read some fine print or something. They're all over the place. You say, I, I get discouraged quite often. Get into the Word and find some of the things that God promised you. He'll keep His promises. He, he's not going to forsake you. He's, he's promised to come back. He's going to do that. He, he, he'll care for you. And just don't forget the mission. That will encourage you when it, things seem to be going wrong. Hey, I, it's not like I, I, I can't afford to go anywhere. I can't. I, I, my health is not good, but you know what? I can still... Keep going on the mission that God's given me to reach the lost, to preach the word, teach the word, and, and help and encourage other, other people, especially other believers. And if you do that, you can be like David. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, you could have simply, I could have simply got up here and said, you know what David did? He, he looked at God's word and God's promises. That, that would have been a simple way to say it. Say it tonight, and you could, we could have went home at, you know, 6.20. But I'm trying to help you and give you some practical things. All these promises, again, I would encourage you to write them down on something and find, find the verses and look at them, write them, leave, put it in your car, put it on your refrigerator. And every time you start to get discouraged about what's going on, look at that and meditate on that and think about that and thank God for what he's done and what he's promised to do. And if you'll do that, that will encourage you. That will encourage you. Probably drive some of your neighbors or your family crazy. What are you so happy about? I, I, you know, what, what you, I, I can't believe you're so happy about stuff like that. Well, I don't really like it, but you know what? I've trusted Christ, and I'm still saved. Not, I'm not that I'm better than you, but I, I 
have eternal life. What's not to be excited about? It's just a great testimony instead of moping around. So that's what I wanted to share tonight. I hope that was a help to you. How many? That's very simplistic. But how many times we don't take advantage of just basic truths like that that we can encourage ourselves with? You know, the, the world will look in a lot of different directions to try to encourage themselves in tough times. And, and they're going to be very frustrated. But you will not be frustrated if you look to God and look to his word. Look to what he promised. It will encourage you in the difficult times we face. Let's bow our heads and let's wrap it up tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. And again, the message tonight was for Christians. And if you're here and you don't know for sure heaven's your home, you need to realize a simple truth that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. A lot of people say, well, come to church, be good, do this, do that, do a lot of good works, and God will let you into heaven. Well, the sad news to that is good works cannot get you to heaven. In fact, you have to be perfect to go to heaven, and none of us are, no matter how much good we do. And, and, and that's bad news because we're sinners. We owe a debt to God, and we can't pay the debt. There's nothing we could do to pay it. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to pay that debt that we owed, and he paid for it on the cross. And he offers eternal life to those who will trust in him as their savior, the one who died for them to pay their debt of sin. I encourage you, if you never put your trust in Christ as your savior, you do that tonight before you leave. If you have questions, I'd be glad to talk to you afterwards, your pastor. Um, Get that settled. If that's settled, let's encourage ourselves. Let's stop being frustrated by uncertainty and changing times and things that maybe even make us angry and we don't understand, let's encourage yourself in the Lord and remember what he promised and who he is and let's be different people because of those simple truths that we all know so well, but we just need to, we need to apply. David encouraged himself in your Lord. Can you put your name there tonight? Bill or John or, or, or Bob or Sue, whatever your name is, will you encourage yourself in the Lord? And if you will, what, a, what an impact it will have on you, your family, and on the world as they see what God can do in people's lives. Father, we do thank you for uh, tonight. Thank you for your word and the promises of your word that we can count on. And, uh, Father, we just uh, ask you to forgive us when we get frustrated and we forget the wonderful promises of your word, the wonderful things that we can always count on. And Father, help us be mindful to those and encourage yourself with those and keep about your purpose for us. And Father, again, thank you for each one that came out. Ask for your safety as we travel home now, Lord. Ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.